0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. See why? See why! Okay, parents in the back, your turn. See why? That was terrible. Are you awake back there? C-Y! That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, here we go. (laughs) Okay. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. Here we are. Here we are, friends. It's been an awesome week. Amen? Amen. It has been an incredible week. We've been on a serious journey this week. We've been... uh, We've done some Journey into Oz, how about that Journey this week, uh-huh, uh-huh. Parents in the back are like, what did he say, what did he say, Oz? Yeah, it was, we had some Tin Man action, here for the Tin Man. Some Scarecrow fans, any Scarecrow fans? How about that Cowardly Lion? Uh, I's here for Dorothy. <laughs> okay, and how about the Goldfish? Yeah, everyone in the back, you'll understand later. All right. So, this is, we've been on that journey, but the deeper journey that we've been on this week has been the journey from death to life, ex morte in vitam. Ex morte? Ex morte in vitam. Ex morte in vitam. From death into life. From death into life. And it has been an incredible week, and we've been experiencing. In so many powerful ways, through the preaching and adoration, all of this stuff, the invitation that comes to us from the heart of Jesus to move from death to life. We heard it in the testimonies, people talking about Jesus resurrecting hope in their life, faith in their life, a, a vision for a new future in their life, parts of their hearts that were dead. Jesus wanted to invite us to bring all of these parts out into the open so that he can bring them back to life. The amazing thing about Jesus is that not even corpses are without hope in, him pres- in the presence of Jesus. Just ask Lazarus, right? Just ask Lazarus. That if there's anything in us that's dead, he wants to breathe into it. That's what he does. He turns tombs into wombs. He turns graves into gardens. He turns barren lands into fresh streams. That's what he does. He turns the desert into an oasis. He turns dead, dry bones into living men. And he takes mere mortals like you and me, and he turns us into the kinds of creatures that will outlive the farthest star in the distance of the universe. That's what he does. He turns dead things and brings them to life. And he's invited us this week to, to notice and recognize all the different things in our life that are things that burden us, right? We talked about bricks, the bricks that we carry, these burdens that we hold on to, these things that are obstacles for us living the life that Christ wants us to live. Because Jesus came to give us freedom, Amen. Jesus came to give us freedom. He came to give us a new life. That's what he came to do. So here we are at the last day of camp. And if you're anything like me, right, if you're anything like me, we come to the last day of something like this. And I'm sure there's parts of us that are, are ready probably to go home. There's parts of us that are looking forward to maybe you missed your pet at home. Maybe you missed your siblings, all your siblings in the back. They're excited to see you. Who's excited to be in your own bed tonight? Come on. <laughs> oh, I love my bed. Yeah, thank God for your bed tonight. When you lay down in your bed tonight. All right, but even more than a bed, I'm already hearing it. How about a shower, y'all? Yeah. Hey, hey, moms and dads, I'm just, I mean, between the rain and the stank, I'm just, we're, I hope your car has like windows that work and air conditioning or something, because it is funky up in here. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Is that, is that the Holy Spirit? No, it's just, that's you. That's all you. <laughs> that's you. So we're looking forward to going home. In some ways, our parts of our hearts are looking forward to going home. But also, if we're probably honest, there's parts of us that are, are, are sad. Like, we come to the end of a week like this, in a place like this, surrounded by people like this. There's just a sadness when things end, when good things like this come to an end. Like, I I hate endings. I hate when beautiful, awesome things end. I hate, I was telling a friend this morning, I've always, I love CYSC. I love being here. I always hate Friday of CYSC. There's just, it's the long, slow goodbye from the time I wake up till the time everyone leaves. It's so, it's just painful. Because this is so good. This is so good to be around people that are so good, who pour so much love into us. This is so good. I hate I hate endings, I hate goodbyes. I, I, hate, when, I hate when vacations end. I, I, I hate when amazing meals end. Like, like when, you get down, when you get down to the last bite, you're just like, this stinks. Like, I don't want this to... There was one time I went out to a restaurant, I ordered these breakfast tacos, this is a true story. I ordered these breakfast tacos for the first time at, uh, what was the place called, First Watch. Anybody ever been to First Watch? I ordered the breakfast tacos at First Watch the first time in my life they were so absurdly good that I ate them within like five seconds, five minutes, five minutes. The server leaves, drops them off. I scarf them down. The server comes back. They're like, whoa, do you like that? I was like, I, I want that again. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know for sure, right? Yeah, it's really good. I'm like, no, no, I want you to go back in the kitchen. I want a second order. Bring that out. I'm going to eat three more tacos. Like, I need that in my body again, right? I hate when, I hate when things that are good end. I hate like when it's late into the night, you've been sitting around a bonfire with friends and it just is winding down, you know you got to go. Like, I hate when I'm, like, as a priest, I spend a lot of time at wonderful people's houses and I hate when I, like, I have to go towards the front door and put my shoes on. Like, I kind of hate foyers. That's a weird thing to hate. <laughs> like, that space in a house where you put your shoes when you came in, it's where you got to get your shoes before you leave. Because I hate going. It's stuff that it really bothers me because my heart doesn't want it to end. My heart doesn't want it to end. <sighs> That's what I want to kind of talk about here in this homily as we kind of wrap up this time together is we've been talking about all week this life that Jesus brings, bring, brings us from death to life, ex morte in vitam, this vitam life. Like, what, what are we talking about? What is this life that Jesus is giving us? What is this offer that's being extended to us? Like, what, what good is it being a Christian? Like, what does it mean that he's giving us life? Like, we're all in here right now alive. We've all got beating hearts in our chest. We are alive. Does it mean that he just gives us more of that? Does it mean that, like, that we just become very excited people who are on stage dancing around dressed in pickle costumes? Like, is that what, is that the... I mean, it could mean that. It could mean that. Is that, the, is that the life that's being offered to us, just being more excited? Like that's part of it, but it's deeper than that. I want to put it this way, because this is how the Bible puts it. The, the life that's being offered, the ex-morte, into the vitam, the vitam that's being offered from Jesus, Scripture calls it resurrected life or eternal life. We just sang it in the psalm. You, Lord, have the words of everlasting life. Everlasting life. Eternal life. Resurrected life. I want to try and connect some dots for us. Not just for campers. Parents, you're paying attention to. I need you to pay attention to lean in on this too. And I just really want to just share my heart in some ways this afternoon and kind of peel back some layers of things that have just Wrecked me over the last year and a half. As I've just sat with Scripture and I've just listened to Jesus speaking about this, and I want to start here from John's from John's Gospel. This is the 16th chapter of John's Gospel. Before I read, it, I'm going to give you some context. 16th chapter of John's Gospel. Jesus is preparing his disciples. He's into the Last Supper discourse. He's preparing them. He's preparing them for his departure. That he's going to be taken from them, and he's talking about their sorrow. He's talking about their sorrow. He's saying, I'm going to be taken from you. He's preparing their hearts for that. And then he adds this. This is Jesus, 16th chapter of John. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice. And no one Will take your joy from you. I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. He's saying to them, I'm going to die. But then he says something absolutely insane I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice. And no one, and no one and nothing will take your joy from you. I want us all just to pause, and if you feel comfortable enough, I want you to just close your eyes, because sometimes it's just easier to connect with our hearts when our eyes are closed. I just want us to bring to mind for a moment, like what are the things that have filled you with joy recently, the last week? What are the things that have pierced you with joy? What are the things, like when were those moments that They're like, there's there's these moments that come along in our lives where it's just so good, where we wish we had the remote control to life where we could hit pause, where our hearts say, I want to stay in this. I want more of this. I don't want this to end. What were those moments for you? Campers, I'm sure it's pretty easy in the last week to think of things that we've experienced here on this campus, moments where we're just like, this is absurd, absurd. For me, I'll just share in the past couple days, you can open your eyes, the past couple days going back to, I think it was Monday, a, a good friend of mine, she's here right now, uh, Gina Whiteman, she's in the back somewhere. She brought her little baby Eden, who's just like, I don't know, a month or two old, into the office. And I happened to be in the office, the Damascus office, when she was in there. And she, uh, she, she asked me if I wanted to hold Eden, which I love holding babies. So she takes Eden out. And I got to hold Eden for just a few moments, like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And I'm holding this little baby girl, and she's so precious, she's so adorable, and she's just resting, just nestled right up in here. And it was one of those moments that it's just like, "Ah, oh, Lord, just freeze this. Like this is like like this is the kind of life, this is the kind of thing that I wish could be forever." Or I think about Monday morning. I, I turned 34 this past year, and, and I think when I turned 34, my body said,." You will always wake up at 5.30 in the morning now. So that's what happens now. So I wake up at 5.30, and uh, I I rode my bike up here. You guys know my bike, right? I rode my bike up here, and uh, I I sat outside that picnic table way out there in the back, and I I watched the sunrise. And the sunrises here over that field are so beautiful. But this particular morning, this past Monday morning, it was exquisite. It was so golden and orange, and the way that the color filled the sky even before you could see it it was so silent there was no missionaries up here it was just like me alone up here there was just bugs chirping you could hear the crickets it was absolutely stunning and like it was again one of those moments where like my heart is just aching for like this like lord this beauty that you're just lavishing upon me this is so absurdly prodigal this is so lavish like you are so kind to give me this moment it was it was a moment that i'm like lord i just wish that i could freeze the sun to pause it right there just to drink this in because everything every day the sun does the same thing it comes up and it moves and it goes down like it's not static it's fleeting and there was this thing that bubbled up in my heart and I'm going to share it with you that's crazy and it's happened for as long as I can remember looking at the sunrise or looking at the sunset I look at this thing this thing that's so beautiful and I say deep in my heart this thing that says I wish that I could eat that I remember being 10 years old on a beach vacation with my family, walking down this path. The sun is setting. It was so unbelievably beautiful. The way that the flowers were waving in the wind, the smell, the fragrance, the ocean, everything. And like this thing bubbled up in my heart that said, I just wish that this, this could be in me. Like this beauty, like whatever this moment is, I wish that it could freeze and I wish that it could be in me. Like, there was a frustration that the beauty that I was just so captivated by this moment was extrinsic to me, and all I could do is look at it. I'm thinking about Tuesday this past week, down by the lake. Uh, where are my boys that we had WrestleMania in the lake? Where are you guys, my dudes? That was, that's another moment that I'm like, this, like, someone probably broke a bone. I don't know. It was so intense, that battle that we had in the lake. I'm dying, drowning in the water. It was unbelievable. And I'm thinking, this is so awesome. Being a priest is so awesome. (laughs) Like, this is, like, I'm like chucking you guys across the lake. I'm like, this is my job. This is unbelievable. (laughs) And again, it was one of those moments I'm like, let's, like, God, like, why can't we just freeze this moment? This was so good. Or think about Wednesday night. I mean, how, how many of us, Wednesday night adoration down by the lake? I mean, that was. Was that not a moment for all of us where you're just like, this, like this moment, like, I wish I could freeze this moment and stay in this moment. Thursday night, last night, with a friend of mine, we went down to the dock late at night. You guys were all asleep, and just the way that the stars came out last night, and the moon, it was like, the moon was like as bright as the sun, it felt like last night. And again, it was a moment where you're like, I wish that we could freeze this moment. Here's the thing about all of these moments, these moments where I was pierced with joy, filled with joy. What every single one of these moments have in common is they all come and they all go. They are all fleeting. They are all fleeting. They don't last. Like I discover in my heart when I sit with this reality that I have in my heart a longing, you have in your heart a longing if you're honest with yourself. Like, I want to live in a world where loved ones don't die. I want to live in a world where there's no goodbyes. I want to live in a world where beauty lasts. I want the fullness of these things. Like, I don't want a little bit of beauty. I don't want a little bit of goodness. I want all of it, forever. Like, these moments the Lord gives us, they're like little tastes. They're tastes of something. Pope Benedict Benedict XVI, who who just died recently, but before he was Pope, he was Joseph Ratzinger, He wrote a book called The Introduction to Christianity. And in that book, listen to this, he said in that book, he said the fundamental problem of human existence is that our hearts demand infinity, but we cannot grant it to ourselves. During the monologues, we we, we encountered St. Augustine, who probably wrote some of the most famous words outside of Scripture. St. Augustine who said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. What Ratzinger, what Pope Benedict is talking about is that we have in us, like, we have in us this, this desire, this hunger for a kind of life that lasts, that, for a beauty that lasts, for, for blossoms that don't faint. Like, But the thing is, we don't live in that world where beauty lasts, where joy lasts, and go back to Jesus, Jesus has the audacity to say, I will come back to you and your hearts will rejoice and nothing and no one will take your joy from you. Guys, this is what I need you to realize. Like, think about this. There is is nothing in this world that is so permanent that it can't just go away. And Jesus is telling us I will come back to you and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. We have in us this hunger for life. Like we're all living our lives, we have our normal lives and then these moments come along, holding a baby, looking at a sunrise, like all of these little moments that come along where all of a sudden we're like... (gasps) Like, I wish I could freeze this. Like, whatever this is, this is, this is the kind of thing my heart wants forever. And then what we often end up doing because we're sinners in this fallen, broken world is we end up turning to all sorts of things around us. Fine things, decent things, sometimes sinful things, but we turn to finite things around us and we try and get more and more and more and more, but we try and stuff our hearts with these things. We turn to this world We turn to things in this world and say to the things of this world, satisfy me, fill my heart. Guys, this is called idolatry. That's what idolatry is. Idolatry is when we turn to anything in this world and say, fill my heart. Your heart is too precious and too good of a thing to give to anything in this world. It belongs to God alone. And that's why I feel like it's so prophetic and powerful that the church gave us the readings she gave us to reflect on today, especially that first reading from Exodus, like the the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue. We've all heard these. We've reflected on them all week. We usually reflect on them in the context of confession. What's the very first thing that God says? I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of slavery, from the house of bondage in Egypt. You shall have no gods before me. Like the Ten Commandments are given in the context, listen, they're given in the context of God saying, I have freed you. If you would stay free, follow these, is what he's saying. And the first thing he says is, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not have your heart be attached to anything less than me. Do not give your heart to anything less than me. That's what he's saying when he says, do not make for yourselves molten images. Do not bow down to them. He's saying, don't give your heart to anything else that's undeserving of your heart. So here's the question, right? Here's the question. So we live in this world and we have this aching longing for this fullness, infinite kind of life. So what are we supposed to do in this world? Just starve? No. No because we have a Jesus who is so kind, what did he say? I will come back to you. I will come back to you and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. When does Jesus come back to us? In the resurrection. And is that just an event locked in the past? Yes or no? No. Yes or no? No. Yes or no? The resurrected Jesus comes to us every moment of every single day in a particular way in the Eucharist. This is where things get very, very practical for you and for me. Imagine this. Imagine you were God and you had the ability. You are the infinite God. You had the ability to package yourself in such a way That you could give yourself, infinite yourself, to finite little creatures. You could take the infinite power, mercy, beauty, glory of God and package it in a tiny little crumb and feed the people who are hungering for an infinite kind of food. I need to say something to the parents. We're going back here, camera, follow me. Moms and dads, when you brought your little ones to the church on the day of their baptism, the, the priest or the deacon asked you, what do you ask of God for your child? And you said, baptism. Another answer to that question is eternal life. Like a life that I can't give them. You gave them natural life. You welcomed them. You said yes to receiving them into moms, into your womb, into your home. You said yes. You gave them natural life. But we are not the kinds of creatures that can only subsist on natural life. We are creatures that are meant to outlive the stars. So you came to a mother who is older than you, and ancient, named the church, and you said, give my child eternal life. Put in him, put in her, a hunger for the infinite. That's what you did in, your bapti- in their baptism. Now, look, I know that, like, when you come home from the hospital, there's no, like, manual they give you, like, all right, this is what you do and how to raise a saint. That's, there's not, that doesn't exist, right? If it does, man. We're like, <laughs> but that, that's not a thing. So you do the best you can, and and as life comes along, there's things that are up close in your face, things like sports, things like all sorts of other things to do on Sunday mornings. And this is not condemnation right now. This is invitation, so please receive it this way. Please receive it this way. The Lord commands us to worship on Sunday, not because he needs it but because we need it, because we get so disoriented in this world. Like, you you know it. Like, this generation, they are so disoriented. There's so much in this world that is disorienting them, directing their gaze to so many other things, so many competing gods that are saying, worship me, come here and find peace, come here and find meaning, come here and find rest. This is a generation that is so disoriented And it is your job to orient them. What that word, orient, means? East. East. What comes from the east? The sunrise. The sunrise. Again, this is why from the very beginning, the church has always worshipped to the east. To orient our hearts to the thing that alone can satisfy. To the thing that alone can satisfy. Like the food of the Eucharist. Like it it is the thing that our hearts are craving for when we hunger for the fullness of life. Like when the Israelites were moving through the wilderness in the Exodus, God fed them. He nourished them along their journey. He fed them with manna. Right, They were moving to the land of milk and honey. And he fed them with a food, daily bread. And that daily bread, it tasted like honey. In other words, the food that he fed them with tasted like the destination. It tasted like the destination. Thomas Aquinas, he called the Eucharist, he called it the Pledge of Future Glory, it is a t- it's what eternity tastes like. Like when we have those moments, when you as parents have had those moments where your hearts are pierced with joy, when you want to reach for that remote control and pause it because it's so beautiful and good, your heart is reaching out, craving for a kind of life that is eternal life. Like you have a taste for it. And imagine this, that eternal life has come looking for you and has come looking for them. And if you don't help them orient their hearts to the Lord, they're gonna orient their hearts to something else that's unworthy of them, that's wanting to destroy them. Look, I know there's a lot to do in family life these days. I know there's a lot going on on Sunday mornings. I know there's a lot of reasons to miss Mass. I know Mass can be so boring. I'm a priest, I sometimes get bored. I get it. But when you had them baptized, you began something that God wants to see through. You put into them a hunger for eternal life and do not starve them by depriving them of the Eucharist. He's desperate for them. He's desperate for you. You have no idea. Like what possibly could have moved the Son of Man to come to earth, to take on our flesh, to do what he did, except a love that doesn't match anything in this universe. He's desperate for them. Parents, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, every single Sunday, orient them to the one who alone satisfies, because they will go looking somewhere else. Promise me right now. (laughs) This is your job. (laughs) This is the vitam that we're talking about. Ex morte in vitam. From death into life. The life that Jesus is giving us. It's not just excitement. It's not just richer meaning. It's not just... Freedom from sin, it's all of those things, yes. But the life that He gives you is the life that you're craving. All the things that excite you most, that's what He wants to give you into eternity. Ex morte, into vitam. Friends, let's pause. Let's turn our hearts to Our Lady, Mary, who more than anybody else helps orient us to the Son. She who welcomed him completely into her life. Hail Mary, full of grace.